Alright, alright, I know. Sounds like a lot of noise. But I know some of you out there can relate. Pulling those last moves through a stiff spring wind and casting a celebratory cheer over an arid riddle of canyons and towers, whose colors seem rivaled only by the burnt hues of the sunrise. This is the feel of topping out on a desert tower. We here at The Adventure Activists believe in adventures. The exciting, perhaps daring, but mostly humbling experiences where we mold our better selves. How that happens? Well, we don't think there really is one recipe. But there sure are a lot of engaging stories of climbing to your better self out there. We hope you've caught some of those previously here on the podcast. Well, that desert foray was on the heels of a inspiring week at the Five Point Film Festival, a festival that believes, like we do, that when we adventure, when we change, and, well, perhaps the whole world changes for the better. I was honored by the invite to play a humble little part moderating a discussion at the festival, so in a gesture of thanks to the team there, I decided to put together a little audio montage. I've got some of the stars and filmmakers on tap for future episodes, but for this particular episode, I thought it'd be nice to hear from the greater community that convenes in Carbondale, Colorado each spring. Five Point Film Festival asks us to come together and leave inspired. Well, these individuals come to be inspired. In some cases are empowered by the festival and in themselves are all downright inspiring. So brace yourself for the wind, reach up for the next hold, and climb into a little inspiration. We hope you all enjoy some voices from the Five Point Film Festival. from our experiences as explorers and forged by a commitment to the positive change we want to see in the world. This is the Adventure Activist Podcast. I think the biggest thing we hit is this idea that you don't have to be an expert to participate. And you, everybody that lives here, no matter what your background or experience or culture is, your voice is incredibly important and your voice can be heard yeah i mean i think it just it's the power of working together and i think the other is that you know the outdoor industry is becoming more political and we're figuring what that is and trying out that skin and i think that's this is cool to be on that sort of the front of that wave i mean there's something for everyone if you care about a wild place you can find a place that you're passionate about and start following along and make an impact Particularly right now, with public lands being challenged uh, sort of at a national level, it's never been more important to really think about how you're going to level up your expression, your storytelling, and so we're here to try and feed off that energy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Adventure Activist Podcast. I'm your host, Terry O'Connor. This is the place for meaningful conversations with accomplished athletes, inspiring adventurers, and influential activists. 
Through their journeys, stories, and life discoveries, we deconstruct how our guests add more meaningful value to the world and do some good with their passion for adventure. Welcome to episode 10, five interviews from Five Point. In 2007, Julie Kennedy approached outdoor icon and friend Yvonne Chouinard and pitched the idea for an adventure film festival built around the power of story. Now, a decade later, the festival doesn't just share the adventure stories, but empowers participants through film, through workshops, panels, and seminars to live a life aligned with its foundational five points. Commitment respect, humility, purpose, and balance. The good people at Five Point have a vision to develop a network of educated and engaged communities inspired by story to take action in their lives to give back. So to honor that, we bring you five interviews with those who are inspired by the festival and taking action in their lives. We'll hear from educator and watershed activist, Sarah Johnson, Wilderness Society Marketing Director, Lulu Gephardt, Natives Outdoors founder, Len Nessifer, Bub and Hal from the Winter Wildlands Alliance, professional photographer, Carl Zock, and Five Point Dream Award winner, Chloe Gonzalez. Enjoy. Opening day at the Van Life Rally, Sarah Johnson came to the Adventure Activist Recording Camper and impressed me with some insightful questions. Turns out, as a longtime local and longtime Five Point attendee, she actually specializes in coaching youth how to ask good questions, and in doing so, also coaches them to become leaders in civic engagement. This curiosity and wonder coach is developing youth stewards for the Western watershed. Let's hear how. I'm so glad to be here. I'm Sarah Johnson. I live just a couple blocks away here in Carbondale, and I've been here in Carbondale since 2008. Um, and that was when Five Point Film actually started. Oh, okay. So I have been attending Five Point since its very first one, 11 years ago. Okay, great. Yeah, and I met you on the very first day during the van rally when we were here, and I had the camper popped up and set up. But um, do you work or volunteer for Five Point? Or I've volunteered with Five Point over the yeah. years in all kinds of capacities, everything from tickets to green team, sort and recycling to... Um, I guess those are the biggest things I've done yeah. with Five Point. And the first time I came to Five Point, I was on crutches because it's the end of ski season when Five Point happens, and <laughs> I, had, I had hurt myself. So it was a great thing to be able to do on crutches. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of the reason I asked you to come in and chat with me real quick is I'm interested not only in the filmmakers and those who make the films, but the people in the community who are inspired by what um, – 
Five Point stands for or who are inspiring in themselves. So um, we talked a little bit before about what you do here in the community, but I'd, I'd love you to expand a little bit more on that. Well, thanks. I have a... Um an independent education business called Wild Rose Education that I started three years ago after working for a number of nonprofits and federal agencies for a few years before that. And um, my Wild Rose Education is an environmental education organiz- uh, business with a lens mostly about water and civic engagement. And so here in the West, we all know that there's water and river issues are pretty big and pretty critical. And so my work is all about... Um, Sometimes I call myself a curiosity and wonder coach. I'm really interested in how places and people connect. And um, and so what my work is really about is I'm teaching educators how to do their jobs even better and how to inspire them to do water education and river education in their existing um, education venues, whether that's schools or nature centers, and inspiring them to realize that they already have the inter- they, they can do it. And a lot of times that's just what people need because um, water issues in the West are super, super complicated. And a lot of people are intimidated by that. And so I try to break it down to something that's accessible and tangible. So I work through uni- with universities and county government um, and also do some communications and PR work on the side to help make it all work. Yeah. So maybe just as an example, what did you just do today or what did you just come back from doing today? So I use maps a ton when I teach. Uh I don't really know how to do anything without some type of map. And so today I was up in Aspen. The Library of Congress sent some people to Aspen to teach educators how to use maps and geographic tools better with learners, with students. And so that was really quite nerdy and fun um, and got some really great new strategies for how to teach with maps, not just more information. I think that's kind of my one of my things I'm super, um, I think is really important is that we, we have a lot of information today, but we don't always know how to make it accessible for the audience we're trying to reach. And how do we make it authentic and like relevant and why should they even care? And that's the part that I'm, I work really hard to figure that out. Yeah. What do you find is the most satisfying part for you personally with your, with your job? Is there a a moment that you think of uh, that you can recall recently that you think is just like impactful for you or it's like, man, my job is awesome. I love the environment. I love watersheds. I love maps. And, but I also really love people Mm -hmm. and I'm currently putting together a tribe of really cool high school kids to um, be the leaders of an upcoming youth water summit. Mm. And so it has been so fun to interview local high school kids and even some community college kids as well and construct this tribe. And they're going to be the ones that are the, they're going to learn skills in the next six months that are going to help them be MCs of a conference, help them guide small group discussions around environmental issues. They're going to be the leaders of this Youth Water Summit, which is like a mini conference for kids, um, for youth from high school kids. And they come with presentations, um, call to action presentations around um, big problems in the world around water issues. And I make sure that all the elected officials and decision makers are also there so that they're huh. standing up and actually talking to elected officials and, wow. and, and offering suggestions and solutions. How do, how do the kids find out about this, the program or the summit? Is it something that's publicized statewide amongst high schools or middle schools? So this is only the second year of this program. It's part of the larger Youth Water Leadership Program. And the Healthy Rivers Youth Water Summit is focused right here in the Roaring Fork Valley. And so the kids find out about it through their teachers. Um, there's some targeted 
all the high schools in the valley are targeted as the audience, and then the kids are um, access this through their high, through their schools. But the putting together this tribe of like super motivated kids is only ten people, and they've had to go out of their way and and show me they're interested and interview, and it's um, it's really really hopeful, and I think. I think that's connected to like all the great work the Five Point does too, because it's a, it's similar, but it's giving kids a voice and not just being listeners. Yeah, have you actually uh, heard of either in a direct conversation or heard from a legislator that they were actually impacted by by hearing a young young student talk about these issues? I mean, I imagine it's probably pretty impactful to look at a, a kid who's, I mean, what 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 age group? Anywhere from like, eleven to sixteen to seventeen. Or I'd 18? say eleven to seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. yeah. So in the first go around of this um, in two thousand seventeen, we didn't have any state legislators there, but we did have a bunch of city council and county commissioners yeah. and state water folks, and two groups got invited to city meetings here in the valley because their work was so relevant and authentic and so timely. Huh. So it's exciting. And um, this year we're including the University of Idaho is involved. Our kids will be presenting virtually there and their kids. Will right? be re- yeah, it's it's like it's becoming bigger, faster than any like faster than anyone I probably expected. And, um, you know, I have to give a shout out to Picking County Healthy Rivers and Streams program because they are the primary funder of this pilot project that's quickly growing maybe across Colorado by 2019, we're working on some grants. And, and how did the University of Idaho then tie in? Because you know that's that's my home state, and the South Fork of the Salmon's a big issue right now uh, with a proposed mine uh, yeah. there. But how did they connect with your group? So we were using a hashtag on social media ah, that said okay. Youth Water Summit. That's all it took. And I found theirs. So they had a Youth Water Summit, and I got them on the phone, and we're already collaborating on a big national, con- or I guess it's an international conference in October, trying to get a session together we we can show off together and collaborate and really um make each other look great oh that's exciting and so you just never know what's possible well i guess for the general audience out there that may not be as as savvy on the water issues what do you think is if you could distill it down to kind of some some key bullet points or take-home points for a general audience what do you think are the the main issues as it relates to water stewardship here uh, in Colorado or perhaps on the, you know, in the West uh, that are kind of the key points, keystones that you often hit uh, frequently with your students. I think the biggest thing we hit is this idea that you don't have to be an expert to participate. And you, everybody that lives here, no matter what your background or experience or culture is, your voice is incredibly important and your voice can be heard um, and I think that's sometimes we forget about that no matter how old we are and or what our profession is or and I think that the more we show up and v- people say vote with your feet and you know the more we show up and learn a bit about what's going on in our just our local neighborhood our local water issues in our own counties and towns um, that's a lot to do in itself, and yeah. I think that's that's a great start, and that's enough. Empowerment, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Your voice matters, and and obviously it's. And <laughs> I, I think, think that's what this festival does too, is just to kind of empower people, like what you what you think and and what you want to do or what you're thinking about do doing actually does matter. It can make a difference. And one of the best parts about it is we don't the teachers nor myself nor anybody else that's involved tells the kids like what issues to go after. We expose them to a bunch of different situations and issues that are happening right now but then we really 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 want them we teach them how to ask questions because a lot of people have forgotten how to 
ask questions. Yeah. Back to my curiosity and wonder coach part. <laughs> um, and so we we get the kids really thinking and asking their own questions about what they're what they're passionate about and. Yeah. And some of them are really concerned about social justice issues. Some are really concerned about fish. Some are really concerned about concerned about a lot of different things. There was some really cool art and film presentations last year about how the art and film have influenced how we think about rivers. Yeah. So it's it's inspiring to watch these kids open up and and express their passion and through really important civic engagement. That's great. Well, uh, um, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got to run off for dinner, but is there anything else in passing that you want to mention or direct people's attention to if they're interested in learning about more? Yeah, I think we're working to grow this Youth Water Leadership Program and Youth Water Summits across Western Colorado, as well as across the region bigger than Colorado. And so if anyone's interested in learning more, I'd love to have a phone call or meet for coffee or beer. Um, <laughs> you can find lots more information at um, www.wildroseeducation.com. And I'm Sarah Johnson. Lulu Gephardt and I had a nice sit-down chat on a sunny bench, and her journey resonated with me on many levels. The Wilderness Society helped sponsor Five Point this year, and their mission was a clear complement to this year's theme, Our Stories, Our Lands. In her role as Senior Director of Marketing for the Wilderness Society, Lulu utilizes storytelling to spur members and constituents to take collective action to preserve America's wild lands. I think you'll find some inspiration in her personal story, mustering the courage to make some changes in her work life to ensure her efforts and talents are best aligned with her passion to protect our lands. Well, good morning, Lulu. Thanks for sitting with me out here uh, outside of uh, Five Point headquarters here in beautiful Carbondale, Colorado, looking up at Mount Sopras on a bluebird day. <laughs> Pretty spectacular. Um, but thanks so much for your time. But maybe um, if you could uh, introduce yourself and uh, where you're from and, and how you're connected here with uh, Five Point Film Festival. Uh, so my name is Lulu Gephardt. I am the Senior Director of Marketing at the Wilderness Society. I'm currently based in Seattle, Washington, um, but have that Colorado native roots, so it's great to be back here. That's awesome. So you had family in, in Golden, where I understand what you just told me, so yep. you get a chance to see them. Yep. Well, great. Well, um, how long have you been with the Wilderness Society now? Just a little bit? Uh, two years now. So I had a, I've been in the outdoor industry for pretty much all of my career and just made the transition recently from the retail side of REI to yep. the Wilderness Society. Yeah, and you had some really successful campaigns from REI that I can recall and many people recognize I think you're kind of behind the opt outside yep, hashtag yep, worked and on, yep worked <laughs> on opt outside and it's pretty much like wow this is a career high that I don't think I could ever repeat so I'm ready to um, go seek a new challenge that's great well yeah. what what inspired you to make the the change in the to the Wilderness Society from REI uh, so I think a couple things uh, really played into my transition. One of them was having kids and starting to think more seriously about what I wanted 
their lives to be and what I wanted to be able to give for them and create for them. And um, the outdoors have always been kind of a fundamental part of my value set and something that was really important to me. So starting to think about how to dial that in and, and provide opportunities for them was the first piece. And then I actually had an opportunity to go to a conference called SHIFT in Jackson Hole, which is a mashup of conservation and outdoor um, industry. And it's, it's actually, it's kind of embarrassing to say that was the first time that I really had a epiphany that uh, the outdoor industry is not the same as the conservation industry or the conservation uh, world. And it's two separate separate kind of entities that are working in parallel for the most part uh, but there's a whole deeper world of conservation um, than I had ever touched in just working uh, at REI so you know I think I would like go and do my trail building project every three months and be like <laughs> pat myself on the back and say yeah I'm, I'm helping getting people outdoors and I had never really thought more deeply about the kind of like systemic um, components of what it means to get people outdoors. Yeah. And so that was a, a big epiphany being at that conference. And I realized if I really cared about this that I needed to be doing something um, more deeply connected to conservation. Was there like a, a poignant moment, a presentation or a conversation there? Or was it just the general, the theme of the conversation with that conference that, that kind of yeah. flipped that switch for yeah. you? Um, I think it was just the, the kind of connection with the people there and, and recognizing that people were dedicating their lives to things that they deeply cared about and in a different way than I had. Yeah. Um, and that was incredibly inspirational. I met a couple folks at the, um, at the bar and they were planning to go to, uh, see old faithful. Uh -huh. And, um, I had never been to Yellowstone and, they wanted to see it at sunrise, and it was, it's, uh, I can't name everyone who was on that trip, but it was uh, Tanya Lohenhitch from Outdoor Alliance, Alyssa Reviso, I can't remember her last name exactly, from Hip Camp, uh, Eugenie Bostrom, from, who works on the uh, uh, 21st Century Conservation Corps. So these guys were getting together, and they, they wanted to go see this at sunrise, and so I was like, oh, I just met you at the bar and you're getting up in four hours to go do this. I'm in. Um, and so it's just an incredibly passionate group of people. And that was that was a big moment for me, for sure. That's great. And is um, so did after having that uh, epiphany is is when you started thinking about changing a little bit of your objectives in your professional life. Mm -hmm. um, how did the connection with the organizational team here at Five Point happen then? I imagine that that kind of crossed your 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 radar screen after yeah. after that cognitive shift. Yeah, yeah. So the Wilderness Society has a super interesting history. Um, the organization was founded in the 1930s, and you know, just like icons of the uh, um, conservation movement, really big names, all the way through. Um, so Aldo Leopold, uh, the piece that's like super interesting to me is the organization is, is pretty nerdy, right? Like we're really focused on policy, getting great uh, policy in place, working with lawmakers um, and working on the ground to really serve communities um, and, and protect wild places. But all through the organization's history, we've had this kind of intersecting paths with storytellers and artists. So 
Ansel Adams was a huge partner within, with the organization, really deeply connected with the organization throughout his career. And he actually gave the organization 75 original prints that are at our headquarters on display. And so that, that drew me to the Wilderness Society is like the organization has crossed paths with storytellers all throughout and really seems to recognize that anytime the American people have to stand up and really get behind conservation movement, storytellers have been fundamental to making that happen. So a little bit of a long-winded answer, but trying to really reconnect with that community and do what we can to help these incredible filmmakers who are here and storytellers who are here to understand the kind of conservation issues of the day and help them kind of drive that those points home more successfully. Yeah, so I, I, I see your involvement here as a Wilderness Society, not only as a sponsor, but um, you are being an educator for this group. Uh, basically in the last couple of days. So the panel from a few days ago and maybe uh, fill me in on what's about to happen here in about 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, so we're hosting a panel on kind of filmmaking and impact, right? So how do we move from incredibly inspirational, beautiful stories to stories that also change people's behaviors and actions and help get the things done we need to do to protect wild places? That's wonderful. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to come visit your office now. I know yeah. there's Ansel Adam prints Oh, there. it's amazing. I mean, and it's just like such a hidden gem. So our headquarters are in D.C. And obviously there's an incredible array of amazing places to visit in D.C. But this place is just like quiet. It's just like a little sanctuary for people who love the outdoors and really appreciate kind of that artistry. I mean, and, and Ansel Adams, obviously, you know, he kind of started the nature photography movement yeah. um so i i find it incredibly inspirational to get to spend time there and and have that kind of intimate connection with his work right right well it's it's uh, an amazing point to start with with your organization and it's, it's had such a storied history and i'll say you know from my perspective it's for me, it's been the most reliable and uh, essentially effective resource for me as I'm trying to understand about the latest issues in regards to public lands. I mean, your website has been what I've gone to first and foremost when I'm trying to get a sense of, well, what's happening in Bears Ears? Okay, well, what's happening in the Escalante? What's happening in the other national monuments? Is this this whole, um, you know, evolving issue was happening over the last year and a half. So mm -hmm. I commend you guys for Thank you. Uh, putting Thank together you. that digest for everybody. But yeah. maybe you can um, mention to people who are listening how to best uh, get in contact with your, your work or learn a little bit more about what you guys do. Yeah, uh, wilderness.org is definitely the kind of hub to start at. And um, we're starting to do these action alerts. So you can go there, um, send a text message, sign up for the action alerts via text. So it's really easy to get the kind of just super simple things you can do day to day to sign on to a comment or a petition and add your voice to the work that we're trying to do. Great. Thanks. Is there anything else you want to mention in passing? That uh, super valuable information. Thanks um, a lot. Well, I think, you know, uh, hats off to kind of the outdoor community for really embracing bears ears and taking some big steps forward to make our voice known and, and support of bears ears. I think I would challenge folks who care about wild places to find the place that's either closer to their, their home uh, that they can get more involved with protecting or find something else that has meaning to them. You know, we're fighting 
these kinds of conservation fights everywhere from the Arctic Refuge, which is really in a bad place right now and needs every piece of help it can get, um, to Bears Ears, to the California desert. Um, I mean, there's something for everyone. If you care about a wild place, you can find a place that you're passionate about and start following along and make an impact. Great. Well, well, thanks for your work and your inspiration. Appreciate your time, Lulu. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> yeah. I caught up with Len Nessifer after the Storytelling and Public Lands Advocacy Panel hosted by the Wilderness Society. Len is the founder and CEO of Natives Outdoors, a project in its inception initially inspired to address the lack of representation of indigenous people in the outdoor industry. The organization has expanded to providing advisory and consulting services to the outdoor industry on topics within the intersection of tribes, public lands, and outdoor recreation. Len is an insightful, bright, and talented individual who also happens to hold a PhD in engineering and public policy, and he has made some meaningful contributions in the arena of public lands advocacy. His contributions are innumerable and merit a longer format interview. That's a hint, Len. But till then, here's some candid insights from our brief chat. Yeah, my name is Len Nassifer. Um I'm originally from the Navajo Nation in northeastern Arizona. Um, currently, I live in Denver, Colorado. I own an uh, outdoor gear company called Natives Outdoors. We work with indigenous artists and athletes. We create products that serve a philanthropic mission, and 5% of the profits goes to support um, conservation work, outdoor, act- outdoor access, and also language and cultural revitalization work in tribal lands. Yeah, and so that platform originally started on Instagram um, about a year ago, and really we just started as a platform for storytelling and sharing stories of um, indigenous people in the outdoors. And, you know, just kind of giving a a different perspective on, like, what it means to be in the land and connected to the land. And I think one of the things that I saw early on is that a lot of the outdoor industry and folks that spend a lot of time outdoors are having these really deep experiences in these landscapes, but not necessarily having a culture or language to be able to like articulate that. And I think that was one of the things that I saw as a bridge that I could build and sort of like, you know, indigenous communities have institutionalized this in a way and like have embedded this into their identity. And so I thought this is a wonderful opportunity to like build common ground. Um, And so, yeah, the Instagram account took off and I started meeting people and, you know, famous athletes and you know so and so and you know I think one of the things is that we connected on that sort of level of activism working together and sharing in each other's stories so 
Yeah, and I think that's obviously that level of recognition and respect for the work you do is is how you ended up here totally uh, today. So can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what we just finished up doing here and um, what you were part of in this panel? Yeah, so this panel was um, about storytelling, you know, from the industry perspective and also the storyteller perspective. And I'm kind of like in between those two and sort of like looking at what are the indigenous stories that we can tell about these places and then how can we connect us to the larger sort of narrative in the outdoor industry now and yeah so part of that that's why i was here and i was actually part of a film earlier this year called messengers where we brought together 17 people um of various running abilities and we ran 250 miles in about 30 hours across bears ears and grand staircase and um, part of the really awesome piece of that particular story was that we were able to incorporate the tradition of running messengers of the Pueblo and Navajo people across these landscapes and that in much the same way we were carrying this message that you know we from our varied and wide backgrounds that we care about these places and we're gonna put some sweat equity into showing that yeah was there a, a good idea that, that came up uh, for you or a take-home from this panel? You were sitting with uh, some other influential players, uh, with Fitzcahal from uh, Duct Tape and right. Beer, and uh, obviously we had the Wilderness Society sponsoring it. Uh, we had Forrest there. Um, was there a, a kind of a nice take-home, poignant uh, inspiration that you caught uh, for yourself out of this panel? Yeah, I mean, I think it just it's the power of working together. And I think the other is that, you know, the outdoor industry is becoming more political and we're figuring what that is and trying out that skin. And I think that's this is cool to be on that sort of the front of that wave. But it is really going to be, you know, the power of story and is really formative in a lot of ways. And I think it's really cool to see that budding here absolutely that's why we're here because yeah. the power of story and, totally. and, and what we want to do what is there uh is there something you want to bring some attention to that you're working on right now or an idea that you'd like to bring some attention to and then uh, obviously i'd love for you to mention how how people can find you and um, maybe learn more about messengers and uh, work you've done already yeah i think there's this this discussion about public lands really sort of opens an opportunity for us to talk about the indigenous history of these places and reconcile some of the very tough history that precedes um, the creation of public lands. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be something of finger pointing or blame, but just simply saying like, this is what we've inherited. And so how do we make this a place of healing moving forward? And I really think public lands in a big way are places where we heal. I mean, I was talking on the panel about my uh, connection to the land through ceremonial and medicinal practices through my grandfather, and you know that was that was huge. And and you know also talking to folks like Stacy Bear, who um, really you know found his healing through being outdoors. And um, I I really think that's a, that's a wonderful opportunity to, one to like heal this history of these this really tough history that precedes us, but also begin the steps of like how do we do our own personal healing as well. squeezed into the camper to talk about the mission of their group, the Winter Wildlands Alliance, a nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting and preserving winter wildlands and a quality human-powered snow sports experience on public lands through education, outreach, and advocacy. 
They both, spontaneously and without prompting, dug a little deeper into the spiritual mission of their group and why they come every year to Five Point to refine their storytelling for the cause and find spring-fed inspiration for the objectives ahead. My name is Kaylee Bell. I go by Bub. And I live in, well, beautiful Idaho, but really the West. I travel a lot. And what brings me to Five Point is really to connect with the true soul of being an outdoor recreationist. Awesome. And who's squeezed in with you here? Yeah, in the I'm camper. squeezed in. My name is Hal Halstein. And, yeah. uh, I work with the board of directors of the Winter Wildlands Alliance, and uh, I'm lucky enough to be up. Uh, I live in Boulder, but to be up here and uh, not only seeing some great artwork um, being shown, but uh, to pursue some time in the Crystal River Valley, one of those places that really refreshes you. Which I just got back from today, which is an awesome place. It's one of my favorite parts of Colorado, um, and you should go and you should execute your ski mission tomorrow. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> well, what brings you guys uh, here together? And let's talk a little bit about Winter Wildlands Alliance and, and what you guys are trying to do. How it brings us here together today. Like... <laughs> Happenstance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would say it's um, two friends who really believe in public lands and solitude that comes with quiet space. The Winter Wildlands Alliance, like secretly behind what we do, there is a spiritual mission. And uh, we really celebrate quietude, particularly um, as it's expressed in winter, that period of time where Mother Nature, it's sort of like the bottom breath of Mother, Mother Nature sort of stalls out for a moment, hibernation occurs, energy mm. returns. And uh, Bob and I have been lucky to form a friendship that's kind of uh, based around that, that, you know, we're, we're recreationists, we're part of this industry, but what we're really seeking out there is, is something different. It's much more personal. And uh, the Five Points Film Festival is really special because um, the story we're trying to tell is so subtle that it can't really be expressed in any other way than using great artwork. Um, and so yeah. to be here and seeing what's going on on the cutting edge is really, really a, a great privilege. Artwork and story, too, I imagine, yeah, right? The messaging and how the story is crafted. Um, have you guys come to Five Point before? Or? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it an annual pilgrimage or has been for the last couple of years? Or? Mm -hmm. I would say so. Yeah. Our, organi our organization always likes to have people here. Um, I'm lucky enough to be in Carbondale somewhat regularly, and coming through for the film festivals is, is a special time. Um, but uh, particularly right now, with public lands being challenged uh, sort of at a national level, yeah. it's never been more important to really think about how you're going to level up your expression, your storytelling. And so we're here to try and feed mm -hmm. off that energy. Absolutely. And to me, Five Point Film Festival is a place to connect with our community of creatives and advocates for whatever the purpose is. Um, this really is ground zero for finding the truth and mm. the like, the purest form of why we go outside. Yeah. Do you guys have you found some inspiration in the last couple of days and talking to folks and going into some of the talks as far as next directions for the organization? 
Yeah. Well, you know, the real inspiration has been that the snow is falling. <laughs> I, 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 I spent a lot of this winter, you know, I love skiing, obviously, yeah, right. but I spent yeah, a lot of this... skiing tomorrow. Yeah. Like I told you, you guys have to execute, so good that we decided to do this now so you guys can get up there tomorrow. My, my personal focus this season has been getting a new snow school site um, in Nederland, Colorado, above Boulder off the yeah. ground. It's in partnership with the Institute of Arctic and Alpine Research. Yeah. And uh, we're really enthusiastic about showing kids, particularly around the Continental Divide here, that eight out of ten glasses of uh, water comes from this snowpack and exactly how important it is. Um, and so, you know, it just feels uh, actually special, you know, even late in the spring like this, when you see um, the snow come and fall, mm. you, you recognize that it's charging the rivers. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, we talked about it, but this Crystal River here in particular, um, this is a very sacred place in Colorado. And to see it getting charged up and the snow landing up there towards Marble in, in the Elk Mountains. As you're looking off in that direction yeah. here from the camper through my window. Yeah. <laughs> As you're already daydreaming about your day tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll show you a video here after we're done so that'll make sure you guys execute your mission tomorrow. Is it powder shots of yeah, you skiing today? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Perfect. Speaking <laughs> the same language. You know, and um, also to speak to that something that's really unique about this year is that when you sit in a real a lineup of films curated by five point film festival you come out cleansed and um it's special that this event is held in the spring what's even more spectacular about this year is that it snowed all night last night yeah, big right. fat flakes <laughs> so <laughs> i have sat in this lineup of amazing films for the past couple of days yeah. and then feeling cleansed spring and then I wake up and there's snow out there to go just yeah. have fun and just express like through the mountain. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, great, great cap off uh, to your last couple of days here for sure. That's awesome. Stoked mm -hmm. for you guys. Um, is is there anything uh, that you want to share with everybody else? Be how to learn more about Winter Wildlands Alliance or kind of what are your some of your uh, key other objectives nationally are as for uh, for anybody else that might be listening to this right now? Certainly. I mean, the the easiest way to get involved is go to winterwildlands.org. Um, if you want to put slash join after and and be part of the mandala, you're certainly welcome. We, 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 we encourage you to join us in this movement we're building. Um, the big projects that Winter Wildlands runs, and uh, it's, a, it's a longer story, which I'll try and make succinct. Um, we are concerned about balanced usage between human-powered users, motorized users, climate change, and sort of what the kind of impacts that we think as a society are appropriate on our public lands, which is a tough conversation. You know, everybody says, okay, it's public, it's part mine. Um, and that's yeah. an important part of what it is. But we also have to ask ourselves longer term for next generations, um, what sort of usage management patterns make sense for the sustainability? Um, and also we have to ask ourselves bigger questions about what's appropriate for human beings and also what yeah. serves other, other forms of living creatures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and another point that I would speak to that to the Winter Wildlands Alliance culture is um, connection. How can we connect with each other, with the environment, and most importantly, with ourselves? Because when we connect 
fully with ourselves, you launch yourself into, um, you know, what you care about. And yeah, I would say that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Um, anything else? Um, well, you already mentioned the website and what you guys are doing. Do you guys have any other events or um, kind of objectives coming up that you're trying to fundraise for or anything else that we can share? Or well, help I, I'd, you out with? I'd actually like to celebrate an organization that we are a part of, and that's yeah. called the Outdoor Alliance. And uh, it's made up for a variety of different groups the Access Fund, the International okay. Mountain Bike Alliance, American Whitewater. Um, there's a number of others, the Mazamas. Um, we, oh, the Mazamas. Okay. yeah, we 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 participate as a group in Washington to really try and make uh, the the outdoor enthusiast voice heard in Washington. Um, they have a very uh, particularly excellent um, email list that will update you on what's going on nationally mm-hmm. in policy and lawmaking. That's great. Um, That's really a great resource to know about. Yeah. Encourage mm-hmm. people to get involved. Um, we winter wildlands within the outdoor Alliance. I, th- I think one thing that makes our culture is re- really unique is that, you know, sort of, as I talked about winter, winter is a very special season and it relates to climate change and it relates to, uh, rejuvenation. And so we encourage people to think about what winter can do for them as individuals as they lie in bed. You know, when you think about here I am living a somewhat urban life and, and I'm confused and I don't know who I'm supposed to be with in this context. Winter Wildlands makes sure that those beautiful alpine places that you need to fall asleep, forget for skiing, forget for everything else that you need simply to fall asleep knowing that it's there it's mm-hmm. peaceful it's quiet um that's that's what we advocate for and so join us if that's something you're into yeah well i i support you guys because i i need that and i needed a break from a lot of work and that's why i went skiing with a close friend here today where you're going uh tomorrow so uh i i know i value that and i know there's plenty of listeners out there that value that too so thank you so much for what you do and thanks for your guys time and um yeah, I'll, I'll show you a video and let's go watch some films. Let's watch, <laughs> let's watch some great movies. Thanks, guys. Awesome. was living out of his car when he pulled into Carbondale a few years ago, met some friends, engaged with the Five Point community, and later, as a professional photographer and creative, found himself collaborating with brands like Patagonia, Outdoor Research, and production groups like Duct Tape Then Beer. I'd go on, but let's let Carl tell the story and how he's learned to give back in the spirit of Five Point. We just finished up Five Point uh, Festival, and um, you're a good friend of my uh, buddy Blazes. And um, part of what I've been doing here is talking to other individuals that have had history with Five Point or are there because of collaborative relationships with other creatives that come to the film festival. And um, I've been in conversation mostly with individuals to highlight how um, not everybody's coming just to watch adventure films. And obviously, 
five point represents a lot more than that. And there is a spirit of, um, kind of activism and philanthropy and giving back that certainly is, is cultivated at five point. But, um, you've been in the Valley for, I don't know, what, six or seven years now. Is that uh, right? or a little bit like five. Yeah. yeah. And did you actually, you start your, your career essentially in, in photography or in, in that arena after you came here to Carbondale um, or was it before I was actually time? been doing it full time for about 12 years now. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. And it just sort of has, has morphed and evolved in some pretty rad ways since having moved to Carbondale specifically from the five point community and how things have unfolded through that. Yeah. So maybe share a couple of the first people you met because of uh, Five Point and how that's uh, how that's uh, trans- transpired yeah, in some of your so projects. I was living on the road in a Honda Element, which is awesome, but I was small. I'm six six, and the car's not. And uh, <laughs> I'm I cruised in and met like my group of friends like that evening at this potluck, and uh-huh. um, Sarah Wood was one of them, who's you know was the director of Five Point at the time that I was here, and. Yeah, it was incredible. Like I'm super close with everybody still, and things just snowballed from there. It's crazy. I was again living on the road, and at that point, I'm like, "Well, I'm going to live here now." <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and um, so you continue to cultivate your career primarily as a photographer here in, in Carbondale. Can you maybe share what your typical medium is, uh, or what what uh, typical activities you usually cover? Yeah, uh, shenanigans with friends, maybe some blackmail photos for sure. <laughs> Uh, lots of photos of Blaze's dog, Lyra. Yeah, well, she's photogenic. Yeah, she steals a camera. Uh, yeah, anything outside with friends is but is the default for sure. Uh, backcountry and then on the mountain bike a lot. Yeah. And yeah, that's basically it. And then I'm traveling all around for different commercial freelance jobs and stuff like that. So I'd like to come back home to Carbondale and just relax and have fun. Right. Are there any um, kind of regular players as far as brands or individuals you shoot for these days? Yeah, Patagonia a lot. A lot recently, they just launched a mountain bike line to their uh, their lineup, and yeah, it's been super fun. So, uh, been kind of all around the desert doing that whole thing, and right. yeah, it's been awesome. And I, I know about you from from film, mostly from some funny films that Blaze sent on to me in regards <laughs> to the OR campaign. Yeah. Um, was that your first film project, or had you done some before? I've done a few before. That was uh, a pretty fortuitous one in that. Uh, before I heard about Five Point, I heard about this uh, podcast called The Dirtbag Diaries. Yeah. And uh, I was living in the Midwest at the time, and I was trying to Google myself out of there, right? So I'm like, outdoor <laughs> voices, podcasts, whatever, and found this. And then, so fast forward, later on, I was working with these guys with outdoor research, creating these satire films yeah. uh, in Seattle, and it was amazing. It was fun. Just, I don't know. It's kind of rad how that happened from driving in, not knowing a soul in this valley, to... Uh-huh to that and the family circle just widening it's been awesome it's great so how did did you connect with anya or if it's like just at five point uh, about the idea or or did she approach you how'd that end up happening uh well a couple friends of mine uh a guy named austin austin sidak and then ken etzel we we got together one summer in the eastern sierra and just we're just so fed up with like uh some of the trends of instagram yeah. that and we all use it for our own business so it's kind of this the, the irony is thick there right so yeah. ultimately we created this a piece called insta famous that basically made fun of ourselves yeah and we never launched it we were just kind of goofing around and one night at dodgeball uh, a couple years ago here at five point 
we showed it to Fitz Cahal. Yeah. He's cracking up. And I think that kind of like set the, set it in motion. And as they were working with outdoor uh, research and wanted some satire pieces, they brought us on to continue to make fun of ourselves, but in a branded way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then those, you worked with Fitz and Anya then and, and developing those, this kind of series of films. Exactly. For OR, yeah. Obviously one of them, which was featured kind of during the opening uh, five point, even this year too, yeah. but those are a year or two old right now. At some yeah. Point. Summer. Yeah. By, yeah. by and large, yeah. Yeah. So what are uh, maybe for for anybody else who's listening? Because now they're probably curious. Uh, what are the names of, of some of the films that they can uh, Google or find? You remember? Oh man, <laughs> this is bad because I don't remember specifically. Yeah. Uh, but in YouTube, I if I show friends, I usually search on outdoor research channel, and uh, one of them is called Save the Campfire, and it's a whole joke of all all of us hanging out in four vans right next to each other, but not hanging out together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's one called, I think the mountains are calling. Yeah, that's the training and, one, right? Yeah. Or that's, that one's called NAR train. NAR train. Yeah, okay. making fun of the overtrainer. Yeah, right. G N A R. Yeah, G N A R. Yeah. And yeah, there's just a whole series. One's called Dirtbag Perfume, and it's where I just completely embarrass myself. And, uh, yeah, it's probably when you don't look up. <laughs> but <it laughs> well, was... I don't know. Some people may want to be entertained and indulge in your embarrassment. So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was super fun, man, to just, uh, I don't know, it was felt like an honor to be hired to just, like, honestly make fun of ourselves, which kind of spoke to the truth that we all wrestle with as creatives in this industry of trying to share work we love in sort of a context that is, can be overindulgent, yeah. you know, and, yeah, just having fun with it. I think that's a great point because I, I, I think there is a certain amount of necessary self-promotion and being a creative. Yeah. But you also don't want all the work to be about you. So, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, I guess in that spirit and as a segue, um, you know, what I've been really impressed with, with with Five Point and certainly actually finally coming here for my first year and, and thanks to, to have the invite was to really be immersed in the culture of creatives who are looking at a way to leverage their medium to actually give back to very timely issues right now that are threatening frankly, our, you know, very existence as an outdoor brand right. creative, both with public lands um, kind of threats and also climate threats. And so uh, a number of really engaging uh, forum meetings and conversations, uh, both formal and informal there. Um, and you yourself were helping to try to raise money for um, basically some of the, the threatened public lands issues. And I'm curious how that ended up evolving. Was that something because of the relationship with duct tape than beer or just something that you felt inspired to do uh, because of what they were doing, say, for our, down in Bears Ears? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was definitely a, uh, I think, a mosaic of all of that. Yeah. And so through friendship with duct tape and beer and working with them over the last handful of years, as well as friendship with my buddy Ken Etzel, who is within that like sort of satire project, yeah. he was planning to spend some time down in Bears Ears and I had some free time. I'm like, dude, I'd love to jump on board. And so we collaborated and uh, made a film, you know, from the standpoint of our like experience there. Uh, yeah, to help raise money for the visitor center that was being built in Bluff, Utah. Yeah. To help teach people how to properly recreate and respect and love the lands. 
And so, yeah, it was awesome. And that was actually featured as part of um, Duct Tape and Beer's campaign with with the the center. Then, exactly. As far as another kind of supplement media piece. Yeah, totally. So campaign. they had launched a, a Kickstarter yeah. that just like blew up. It was awesome. The community rallied and uh, they were well beyond their, their benchmark goal for the Kickstarter. And we still just wanted to go to still support. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we just wanted to do whatever we could with, with the means that we had and the audience that we have individually uh, to spread the news and, you know, help protect our lands. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I think the initial goal was 100000 or something like that or maybe 200000 And I think Fitz said yesterday it was like over 800 thousand or something really raised. yeah that's yes, insane. the latest yeah 840 or something i think is what he said if i hopefully i'm not misspoking but i was quite impressed with the number he threw out there yeah at this, i do uh, remember it being like meeting yesterday 100 at the beginning and yeah. then it just like went through the roof is awesome yeah it was inspiring to be just be a part of that uh momentum you know yeah that's great. Well, um, obviously, thanks con- for contributing and yeah, and, sure. and how you know best <laughs> yeah. and using your art to, to help with the cause, because I, I think obviously it takes this whole larger family to obviously have enough leverage to make a difference. Right. Um, and, and clearly that is. So, well, cool, man. Well, thanks so much for your time. How else can people find out a little bit more about you or see your work uh, as a professional photographer? And Oh, I'm on the social channels on the Insta- Instagrams, which we were just making fun of. But yeah. Yeah. You, yeah are. you can go in there and make fun of me. I- I really love that actually. Uh, it's just at Carl Zox, C A R L Z as in zebra, O C H. And then that's the same for the website, carlzock.com. Cool. Yeah. And uh, that, that's about it. Sweet. What, are you, what are you excited about coming up, man? What's going on? Um, let's see what's going on. A lot of mountain biking on the horizon. Yeah. Trail, local trails are starting to dry up and unlock. And so just, I don't know. What's rad about Five Point, another thing that's cool is like it's, positioned at a time of year where you know like things are thawing out and like the whole valley seems to be unlocking and people are psyched and you know onboarding their windows from the winter <laughs> you know that kind of thing <laughs> so it's just exciting i don't know like by default i'm always just shooting my friends having fun in life and yeah it's starting to ramp up here so yeah pretty psyched that's great well i'm stoked for you thanks so much for your time yeah man, man. thank you yeah sweet Every year at the flagship Five Point Festival, a select group of talented local students who exemplify Five Point's guiding principles are awarded scholarships and a chance to explore their dreams and live their own best adventure. The common thread in the recipients is that they are prepared to learn, are striving to have a positive impact on a community, and are ready to have an incredible adventure. Previous award winners have helped victims of drug violence in Brazil and assisted earthquake-affected children in orphanage in Nepal. After the fest, I caught up with one of this year's Dream Project winners, Chloe Gonzalez. She elaborates on the impact of winning the award and how she is inspired to tell the tale of her lineage through the lens of life in a small, rural Mexican village. At 16, she has gained the confidence to follow her dream, to immerse in a different way of life, and show how a humble, rural village sets a balance between hardship and happiness and to bring those lessons and insights into light through film. Perhaps for all of us to see, we hope, at Five Point next year.
I'm originally from Southern California, but now I live here in Carbondale. I go to um, a boarding school. And I first heard about Five Point through my school. Tracy, who works here, she um, introduced it to us and she was like, here's something great that students have done before. And she basically, like, we didn't really have a big idea of what it was. And I was like, kind of confused, but I heard the word film and I was like, I'm going to do that. But they were just talking about Five Point Film Festival. So I didn't really know much about Five Point before I came here. I mean, I wasn't really too into like outdoorsy stuff because I mean, you really can't do any of that stuff in California or where I'm from in California. So I filled out the dream project application and like I had had my sort of dream um, in my head before. And I was, I figured like, Oh, I could probably just head down there with like, you know, my little old camera and kind of like, you know, film with what I have. But when I heard about the scholarship, I saw like the kind of opportunity and I was like, I, I kind of need to take this. So I didn't really expect them to reach, like to reach out back to me. And I was kind of like, I don't know, I kind of submitted it like the same that I wrote it <laughs> on my application. So I was, I didn't really pay attention to it. And so then over spring break, I got an email and it was like, congratulations, you got it. And so then I started like flipping out. I was like running to my mom. I was like, mom, I'm going to like be a, I'm going to be the next like Steven Spielberg. And she was like, <laughs> uh, okay. And so I don't know. I was just like freaking out. So then, yeah, they gave me a bunch of details as to what five point actually is and like how the whole thing was going to go down. And I didn't realize how big it was in Carbondale, like, cause I'm, I'm new here. I don't know anything. Yeah. So I didn't really realize that like so many people came out for it and like how big of a deal it was. And so they told us to like come and like, we're going to give you your award on stage. I was like, cool. And so I like went there, I took <laughs> my advisor and Nate White and, um, we kind of showed up and I was like, what is this? This is not Carbondale. <laughs> and like, it was, it was really awesome. And, uh, there were a lot I of think, people there when you went up on stage. It yeah. Was house, I was you know? like, I was nervous. <laughs> it's really cool. And I think it's really awesome what they're doing, what five point is. And, you know, I feel like it's bringing to light a lot of like the passions that people have. And I tried calling my mom and telling her about this and she's like, okay, yeah, people climb mountains. That's very cool. <laughs> and like, she wasn't really paying attention and I feel like, I don't know, I think it's so cool. And I just want like everybody to know about how cool like mountain sports are and like, not even that, just like people doing like extraordinary things and whatnot with their lives. And I feel like that's a lot of what Five Point is. And I kind of yeah. want to show that through my project. Yeah, like how well, I think it's, it, I think it's an important thing you highlighted, you know, that it's not just about adventure sports and really, you know, the root of this um program that you got involved in their their dream project grant as it you know it does not require you to do an yeah. adventure film um, yeah do you want to highlight a little bit like what they ask of you as an applicant uh to apply for this grant and and what the grant is actually going to enable you to do basically mine my dream project going down to mexico and making a film um i feel like one thing that it's going to really bring, I don't really know where I'm going to show it. Maybe like at the crystal theater here in Carbondale, but, or just at CRMS where I go to school. So, um, I really want to kind of like show and like highlight the way of life of people and like how they really appreciate, you know, 
kind of not having everything in the world and like how you know material materialistic like needs it's not like at the forefront of their mind like they don't I mean I haven't been there since I was little so I really can't remember but I listen to the stories that my aunts tell me and when they come back and like how humbling it is to like be able to see people like walk with no shoes and like be happy about it or like not have phones and be happy about it Mm -hmm. so I kind of I feel like that really ties in with um the like the life that people live here in Carbondale and like in the mountains and we don't need anything really besides like our own being so I think that's super important and I kind of want to bring that back here and like in fact that's what five point is that's what my school is and I feel like that's kind of what I'm starting to become so that's really important to me I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. I mean, your dream seems to be centered around a, a place that obviously has uh, uh, significance for you and, and your your lineage and your family. It, it's it's centered around, maybe you can kind of share with a listening audience, uh, kind of the setting of your dream project. Uh, the name of the town is Abasolo, and it's in Durango. It's like in like the middle of Mexico, really. It's like desert kind of-ish. But yeah, it's um, there's only about a thousand people there so like 600 men and 600 women is what my mom says and um it's almost like an el dorado basically like in uh candide it's like kind of it's not like perfect like they don't have everything uh-huh. but they're content with having like one church that they all go to or having like like a little sh- little shop that my grandma owns and um you know like everybody knows everybody and it's they have like folklore and they have a lot of tradition that they keep very close to them and it's not a lot of people but they're very content with what they have so you so when you go down there there's like no paved roads the school like the closest school is in Rodeo which is like a town two miles away that kids have to walk to there's not a lot of things down there like to do besides like play in a river and um you know the children have um become like content with that and um they don't really have a lot of stuff so I, I donate a lot of my clothes to them and I like give my grandma clothes to bring back to the little kids. And so they really look forward to that. And like, I've never met any of the children down there, but they know who I am because my grandma is kind of well known down there. She's like the mother Teresa of Abasolo. And she kind of, when she comes up here, she buys school supplies for the kids and she brings it down there. When you go down there, you, you really feel at home. Like nobody's like, they don't, not welcome outsiders Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i remember a while ago my mom had taken my dad down there to go visit he's mexican too but he's he grew up in america so when he went down to visit he really fell in love with how humble everybody was and how simple life was there so i mean it's Mm. not to say that they don't like struggle and like families don't you know like it's hard for it's hard for families definitely i remember my grandma when she was growing up there at at one point they had nothing to eat but like tortillas and beans and they had to like share a whole tortilla and like they put beans on it and like they cut it in quarters and like that's all that they ate for that whole day and so it's definitely a struggle but i feel like as time goes on it's they kind of appreciate it rather than dwell on it so it's I don't know. I really want to go down there and, and um, experience that for myself. Why do you think it, telling the story it, uh, of this place is is really your dream? Do you think it's 
to have a meaningful project for yourself because it's your family or, or are you really uh, kind of captured by this narrative of these people who are so happy and have this humility about their lifestyle and, and, and actually really don't need much more? Most of it is definitely for myself and to kind of go see for the first time really where I'm from. And yeah, I definitely want to like show how people are from down there. And like, I want to do it for myself, but I want to do it for the people around me. So they understand where I come from. And, and, um, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm humble, but I'm, I feel like to a certain extent, like I've never felt like, um, I've never been like as poor as the people down there, but I've definitely been like, uh, I've definitely struggled a lot more than people here. Um, Mm. people who I go to school with now. So what's what's the next steps at this point? Uh, looking ahead for the summer and what's going on there? I'm currently purchasing all of my film equipment. Over the summer, I'm going to kind of like get used to it. And then I'm going to Mexico for three weeks. But before that, um, in the beginning of summer, I'm going to be working with a videographer in Denver. I'm hmm. not quite sure if you're familiar with the Netflix uh, documentary called Chasing Coral. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. And so Zach, who's like the main guy in there, he's from yeah. Arvada or Arvada. I don't know how yeah. to say it. <laughs> um, yeah. Front and so, <laughs> yeah. And so I emailed him and uh, he reached out to me. And so he's going to kind of like mentor me and kind of like show me a little bit how to do things and stuff. And he, he works so you a just, lot with you like. Just, just emailed him out of the blue. You had no other connection. Yeah. Literally. And when I emailed him, I was like, oh, he's because at first I was just emailing him about like congratulating him on his movie. Like it was great. You know, I I thought I was going to like, you know, just like send it and not get a response. And so he emails me back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I'm actually. And so I was like fangirling a little bit because I was super excited. (laughs) And um, before or after you received the award with from uh, film, film fest. This was before I had emailed him before. Wow. And um, when I got the news about Five Point and about the Dream Project, I emailed him again, like crossing my fingers that he was going to respond. And he did. And um, I basically <laughs> was like, I like, I don't know. I just thought the way you guys filmed was really good. And he works a lot with like camera stuff and like equipment. And so, yeah, he's basically going to kind of um, mentor me a little bit with how to shoot and whatnot. What so, an amazing opportunity. So I know cool. everything is kind of like working out yeah. right now. So I'm really excited. Uh, that's excited for you. That's awesome. And then, so mm-hmm. after that, then are you actually heading down uh, at some point, like in July or August this summer? Yeah, I'm heading down okay. in July. Okay. And then um, is he also going to work with you on kind of the concept of like creating an, uh, a narrative or a storyboard for what you're shooting or anything like that? I think he's gonna leave a little bit of that on me um Great. but yeah. I, yeah i feel like that's something i need to work out for myself you know it just sounds like i'm getting started but i mean it's a lot of like heavy equipment that i'm like kind of new to and like i feel like in a week i'm not gonna like learn everything but <laughs> just kind of figuring out how to get a yeah. decent shot <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. That's, that's, that's great. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, seeing 
seeing more and capturing some of the footage maybe next year and come back to yeah. five point obviously that'd be awesome now this is your uh are you junior or your senior this year you're junior this I'm, year or sophomore? i'm a sophomore you're a yeah. sophomore okay so mm -hmm. gosh how old are you right now then i'm 16 oh already <laughs> mm -hmm. got a lot of great connections a lot of opportunity that's, yeah. that's phenomenal i guess one thing i i'm just hearing and talking to you now about you know reaching out and, and the award and I was looking at your application for for the grant before and it, it was interesting I was kind of talking about how you got your first um or you asked for your first camera I think when you were like 12 years old to uh -huh. try to do some filming you know it's like as like a hobby but you you know you obviously took a lot of little vignettes and stories but you kind of kept them for yourself and were afraid to uh -huh. share but now all of a sudden I'm sitting here talking to someone who's oh one confident enough just to like go out there and apply to the grant confident yeah. enough to want to tell a story about your family and where you're from and and to try to share this sense of gratitude um and you know essentially a bit of respect for your roots and also gratitude for where you are now in carbondale and now also reaching out to the <clears throat> cinematographer from chasing yeah. coral like i mean what do you think gave you that switch and that confidence to 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 reach out and start doing these things and want to actually share your story versus just keep it private mm, i when i was making these little videos i had a lot of friends tell me like you should do like a project or something you're like gonna be <laughs> great and i was like mm, no yeah. and um i feel like just kind of you know hearing it from friends and then starting to hear it from my mom a little bit that's what really like motivated me to to start doing these things and um i have a teacher here his name is dave meyer and um he really got me thinking about being able to like follow my passions and like if i'm able to do something then why not go for it and do it and so when he basically said those words i was like i don't really know what's stopping me so here i am <laughs> Wow, so inspiring to hear those conversations again. A wholehearted thanks back to Sarah, Lulu, Len, Bub, Hal, Carl, and Chloe for saying yes to a spur of the moment chat. You know, these candid conversations were a great reminder for me of the spirit of this podcast, unscripted and sincere. I'm just grateful to sit there and hear everyone's own story. I'm not trying to create a set blueprint for how to give back, but more, trying to create a catalog of inspiring personal narratives that I'm sure at some point will resonate with someone out there to do some good with their own passion for adventure. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Meg Lynch, Executive Director at Five Point, and the rest of the team for the invite. You guys gave me a lot of food for thought, and I'll always be happy to pay back and contribute as best I can. And usual business, thanks to Evan Phillips for helping with the production of this episode. We connected through his amazing podcast, The Fern Line, which got some great props on Outside Magazine recently. Go check it out if you want to learn about climbing in the great ranges of Alaska. Even better, consider purchasing some of his music on iTunes. And thanks for listening to episode 10. We hope you've been with us from the beginning, but if not, check out the other episodes on our site on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. There may be another conversation in there that resonates with you. If this or other prior episodes sparked conversation or inspired you on your next adventure project, please let us know. If you have a few spare minutes, give us a good review, click some stars our way, or even better, share with some of your friends. 
Your show of support team, as always, means so much. Thanks all, and keep adventuring.